Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You guys, it's come to my attention. I actually genuinely don't know the answer to this question. What do you do with a drunken sailor? Oh my God, did you hear? Did you hear? Did you hear? Oh my God, guys. Jake has a podcast. Jake has a podcast. Oh my God, Jake has a podcast. What's up, everybody? My name is Jake Workman, and this is Oh My Pod, you guys, a musical theater and pop culture podcast. You guys, what's new? What's what's the hot gossip? What's the cool jams? We're wasting no time this week. Before I dive into this week's Broadway World recap, you guys, you are not ready for this interview with Miss Carrie Butler. She is, she's amazing. I mean, you obviously already know she's an icon of the musical theater realm. But darling diva dear, Miss Carrie Butler, (laughs) shout out to you, madame. I just adore you. I can't wait for you guys to hear it. Okay, so let's dive in to this week's Broadway World Recap brought to you by my amazing friends at broadwayworld.com. First of all, you guys, this week, the Broadway League received a little bit of flack from the Broadway community because they had not made any sort of statement or or anything regarding um, Hinton Battle's passing and whether or not they were going to do something to commemorate his passing, as they did with Cheetah Rivera, in terms of dimming the lights for, you know, a minute or whatever, dimming the Broadway lights um, in his honor. But the three-time Tony winner... Um, is going to be honored, according to the Broadway League, by dimming all of the Broadway theater's lights for one minute um, on a date that we have not yet confirmed. Um, but I thought it was really cool that, you know, a lot of people, a lot of Broadway stars and a lot of, of just fans of the Broadway community um, took to social media and fought for this because they were like, this is absurd. Why haven't we heard anything about how we're going to honor Hinton Battle and his amazing legacy It's kind of ridiculous that it even took them this long to get here, but we got here and we will be honoring Mr. Battle. Next, you guys, this week, Broadway World got some very beautiful insider photos from the Manhattan Concert Productions' beautiful concert of Stephen Schwartz's Children of Eden. 
The show starred Nicki Renee Daniels and Norm Lewis. And you guys, these photos beautifully captured by friend of the pod, my bestie, Mr. Jonah Hale. Check him out for all of your photography needs. Um, these photos are stunning. I mean, it, it's just beautiful. There's a, like a 400 person children's choir behind them as they sing this score. Stephen Schwartz himself was there to sort of help facilitate things like it, this looks amazing. You guys, you have to check out these photos on broadwayworld.com. Oh my pod, next, you guys, we have to talk about the insane casting announcement that Vanessa Williams is going to play Miranda Priestly in The Devil Wears Prada in London. You guys, uh, I think this is genius. I think it's going to be amazing. It's always so hard for someone to step into the shoes of such an iconic role or something that we've just sort of come to know as like commonplace like everyone knows Meryl Streep as Miranda Priestly but I think that Vanessa Williams has like this like fire in her and also you know just the outer like beautiful shell of being Miss America and everything like to really make Miranda Priestly real on stage I mean that I said it before like similarly to Mean Girls I feel like Delaware's Prada kind of is not <laughs> the story that needs to be told with music, but if they're going to do it, Vanessa Williams is the right person <laughs> to make Miranda Priestly sing. We don't have any other details about the casting or when the show's happening or where. We just know it's going to be in London, and we have our dragon lady. And lastly, you guys, we got the sad announcement from BroadwayWorld.com that... A Beautiful Noise is going to close on Broadway on June 30th. The Neil Diamond musical will have played 35 preview performances and 675 regular performances on Broadway. And I, I think it's an amazing accomplishment. This show has been running for so long now, and people were skeptical of it at first, but it's had such a beautiful life on Broadway. I've seen so many friends go through that show. And... It's not over because there's going to be a national tour of the show launching in the fall of 2024. So congratulations to everybody involved in this amazing show, the, you know, the original company to the company who are there now. I cannot wait to come and see you one last time before you guys depart on June 30th. And you guys, this has been the Broadway World Recap. Oh my God, you guys, I am so, so excited for this amazing crossover episode of the pod with the incredible Breaking Broadway's Carrie Butler. <laughs> oh my pod, oh my pod, you guys. <laughs> my dream come true, <laughs> Carrie Butler singing on the podcast. I'm so excited to meet you and to chat with you. We, I have so, so many things to ask you, but my first just thing that I ask all of my guests is, where are you calling in from? Oh, well, during COVID, I moved out to the suburbs, so I am in New Jersey. <laughs> Which I don't hate New Jersey, I just miss the city. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Are you far enough that you can like feel a sense of solace? Yes. <laughs> like apart from the craziness? Yes, but I miss, I really miss just seeing all my friends, you know, like a street away and just going in of for course. anything. Like now, anytime that... I get asked to do anything, it's like, okay, I have to figure out am I driving? Am I taking the train? You know, all that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Well, oh my gosh, I, where do I even begin? I I truly have been such a fan of yours for quite some time. I think my my first exposure to you was um when my high school did Xanadu oh. and then we did a of course a deep dive and I was like 
this is the the end all be all of musical theater was this show, which of course you were casually nominated for a Tony yeah. for. <laughs> um, but I want to ask you about sort of the um, the difference between being in more of like an obscure cult classic show like Xanadu versus something that's just so iconic, like a Les Mis or, you know, like a, a hairspray. Like what is the, um, the draw for you in terms of projects? Like when you are asked to audition for something or, or given a script to read, like what's the, what's the driving, you know, force for you? Yeah. Great question. And, um, this is actually something that I try and like teach young actors. So, you know, when you get your first job, then everybody wants to put you in a box to be that. And so my goal has always been just to be a working actor. And to do that, I will take parts for less money or I will, you know, do things that people don't see me in so then I can get more of that and have more longevity. So I feel like my career has been kind of crazy where like I will be starring <laughs> in Xanadu nominated for a Tony as the lead actor and then the next show I do on Broadway I have a part where I don't come in until the second act and I'm Brenda Strong in Fly Fly Away right. but mm-hmm. you know obviously I chose that I mean I chose that because like I love that song it's one of my favorite songs that I've ever gotten to sing Fly Fly Away and I love mm-hmm. Mark and Scott that team was incredible so I really really wanted to be a part of that show and it's funny with Xanadu I uh did all of the very first readings of Xanadu when they were first developing in it it was so fun and but again like when you're in a show, you always think it's amazing, but you actually don't know. <laughs> and, right. <laughs> and, and so the year I got Xanadu, I also got cast in like five readings of new shows, workshops, like Legally Blonde, um, right. <laughs> Little Mermaid. Uh, I did The Rubber Bridegroom. I did A Wedding Singer. <gasps> Oh, and yes. Xanadu, and I was like, you know, thinking I was it. Like, which one am I going to choose? Cut to getting replaced <laughs> in all of them. I got replaced in Xanadu. And then Jane Krakowski did it because, you know, they want somebody with a name. And sure. uh, so Jane Krakowski was doing it. And then when it was going to Broadway, she decided or it didn't work out with her schedule, something that she couldn't do it. And so then they mm-hmm. came back to me. And so it's like. I always say if it was my choice, I probably would have chosen The Little Mermaid because I'm obsessed with The Little Mermaid and, you know, it's Disney (laughs) and I'm obsessed with Disney. But Xanadu ended up being the best thing for my career. So I just think, you know, trust the universe where it takes you and um, just your goal should always be to be just a working actor. Just working. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. That is so funny. And that's actually more often than not when I have spoken to people on the podcast, they've said you... The things that you think yes. are correct for you, mm-hmm. kind of, it's, you know, sometimes it works out, but may, most of the time it is up to the universe yeah. and timing and being in the right spot at the right moment and just being open to the possibility. Totally. So that's, I, I totally agree. And the things that you don't get are because maybe something better is coming along. Absolutely. I mean, there's just... We, I've spoken about it again on the show, but my Broadway debut happened because of COVID. If if no people way. weren't out, if people weren't sick, I wouldn't have been called to go on in Chicago. Oh so like, my gosh. you know, silver linings out of that huge, horrible disaster was that like when Broadway came back and, you know, everyone was still masking backstage yeah. and everything, I 
got called the day of because they were like, we need someone. Are you in the city? Can you be here at 7 p.m.? Have you already so, done it on tour? I did the tour, wow, yes. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Thanks, oh yeah. But gosh. it was, you know, those things where it's just about the timing. Yes. There's never, you know, everyone's path to to Broadway is different. Yeah. And, and not just to Broadway. There's, I mean, you obviously have worked outside of Broadway in many facets, not only um, performing, but also you um, directed yeah. uh, in Florida, which is amazing. So, um Tell me about this sort of like parallel life of being, you know, one of the most, if I do say so myself, incredible Broadway performers with just this, these countless credits. Oh and then also being a person outside of that that has other interests and other things going on in your life. Like, how do you strike the balance? Um... Well, or do you, I yeah, guess, yeah. <laughs> should I say, you know, I always think of that song from baby, you know, I want it all. Well, you can't have it all. Like, yeah. it's, it's really hard. I mean, mm -hmm. I do have two daughters and um, I always remember like I adopted my first daughter when I was doing Xanadu. So it's like all of this amazing stuff happening at the same time because Xanadu really was a show that took up all of my time because we were doing so much press at the sure. same time. And so here I am, a new mom, and having the biggest moment of my career. Uh, so it was rough. And it's funny, I having, having theater can be a good job for being a parent when your kids are young because you could just spend the whole day playing with them. And I would really put in an effort to, even when we were in rehearsals, to take my daughter to the park before we started rehearsals at 10 a.m., you know, spend at mm. least an hour with her in the playground. Um, but when I, once the show opened, then I did have, I could spend, you know, like all day with my daughter in the museum or whatever, but I couldn't be there at night. And yeah. The, on the one night off that I could be there, she would cry if I tucked her in because she was so used to her dad tucking her in. So it's like heartbreaking. Um, yeah. Just to not have you don't you don't realize like what a bonding time that is the bedtime ritual and to never ever routine yeah never be there for that. Um, and and you know uh, I'm like old school where I never miss a show and <laughs> so that is also difficult because I miss everything and that's kind mm -hmm. of after COVID I was like gosh I've missed so many weddings and even like funerals for people I really cared about and uh because in the back of your mind you're always like oh, I, well I only get two personal days if I use it for this one what if somebody really close to me dies and then what I have happens? to, it's like you're, you're doing this kind of crazy bargaining in your mind. Yes. Um, so I'm really trying to focus on life events right now. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. and, and I do think, um, when I get in another Broadway show, I'm going to say when and not if, cause that is always in the back of your mind too. Like, am I ever going to work again? But <laughs> I'm going to say, uh, when I get another Broadway show, um, I do think I will try and make that a little bit more of a priority than I have in my entire career. <laughs> mm. <laughs> That's amazing. I mean, there's just no denying that your track record on the B way is, you know, more of a heavy hitter than than some are lucky enough to say. You just have like done so many different types of things. But something that I love about your podcast is that you seem so um, 
genuinely interested in what other people think and have to say, not only about the industry, but just about like things in life. And I think, you know, sometimes people can fall into the trap of not necessarily being interested um, in learning or taking on new information because they have such a huge resume or, you know, they feel that they've done this, that, and the other thing. And so I would love to hear about um, what even inspired you to create your podcast and then, you know, how you like go about interviewing people who are sometimes your friends yeah. and sometimes people that you might not even know. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's interesting. I do love doing my podcast because I do learn so much and we are as, as performers, especially, I think we have to constantly learn and we have to constantly be in training. And, and now I teach and even that I learned so much just from teaching. So I'm not actually going to class, even though I would, I would still, I love taking class. I would be going now. I just have two kids and I'm too lazy to go, but <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> but teaching through teaching, it reminds me of all the things that I should be doing when I get a script and, and stuff like that. So I, I love that. Yeah. So I started doing my podcast <laughs> because I was constantly get questions on Instagram and I got tired of answering them individually. <laughs> You're like, let me just let me just say nip this in the bud <laughs> and help people that way. So that's that's how I started doing my podcast. And it was really just for because so many of my fans now because Mean Girls and Beetlejuice I have a whole new slew of tween followers and right. they were the ones constantly like is this your first Broadway show how did you get here I'm like girl like no <laughs> I have been You're around like, but read a book <laughs> but so I so since that was my biggest question I just thought oh there's a need for this <laughs> so I started doing it and then through doing that you know, I'm terrible. I want to get good at social media. I don't feel like I'm good at it uh, because it is such a tween thing. My tw yes. my 12-year-old daughter is much better at me, and sh she she will help me <laughs> make my posts. I'm like, Mom, what are you doing? No, let me just she – <laughs> and she fixes my stuff in, like, one second. She's like, no, you need to use this font. You need to have this clear back, you know. But most of the time she's in school. So, <laughs> so I still have terrible posts out there. <laughs> <laughs> but so I, so I inter interview people who are things I want to find out. So I just recently had this TikTok star, um, Emily Kristen Morris, and she has like almost 2 million followers on TikTok. Insane. And she's done Broadway. No, she hasn't done Broadway, but she wants to be on Broadway. And she's done like the mm -hmm. Wicked tour. Tour, yes. And, um, and she also teaches voice. And so... It was just really interesting to see she only grew her, her following during COVID. So in that short amount of time to be such an influencer. And I think, I mean, people haven't, performers, I don't think have um, really taken advantage of how much TikTok can, can help your career. Yes, 100%. And so that's what I look for for my guests. I don't look for, I don't even ask my fancy friends, honestly, to do it. I mm -hmm. ask people who I think can be the most helpful. And and so I found Emily, actually. I didn't even know her, but I was... <laughs> my daughter told me I should do those TikToks where you watch somebody performing, you know, like stuff you've done or oh, something. Oh, yeah. So, do like a live reaction. Yes, a reaction one. Yeah. <laughs> so I was doing a reaction, and the first person that popped up was Emily singing Fly, Fly Away. 
So mm-hmm. I'm doing a reaction. And meanwhile, <laughs> this TikTok is horrible. Like, I look like I just woke up. I'm so, lo- I'm like, oh, this is great. She's great. But, so I, I'm not so cut out for her doing TikToks. But then I, so I, I post that TikTok and then I look up Emily. I'm like, oh my gosh, she's actually a working actor. I thought this was a kid. I'm like, she's so good. Yeah. She's actually a working actress and she's a TikTok star. And so then I asked her to be on my podcast. And she's like, Amazing. oh, my gosh, I'm a huge fan of yours. So so th- that's kind of the random way. Sometimes I choose people. <laughs> but, it, yeah. but it is about me wanting to learn more about the industry. Because also mm-hmm. I'm not – I'm not out there auditioning now so much. I do audition sometimes, but for the most part, you know, I have an advantage. People know who I am, so I don't have to go right. to those open calls. But I feel bad for those people who who, uh, yeah. who have to get up at, you know, sometimes 3 a.m. in the morning and do it. And so anything mm-hmm. I can do to help them – Yikes. <laughs> hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Which is so admirable, truly, because, again, there are people who would not have that perspective and would just think, you know, well, it's not, it doesn't concern me. But oh. I love that you are, you know, concerned with helping and, and teaching sort of the next generation of people who are coming up in this business because everything has changed. I mean, when you started in this industry, it was something completely different. And now that we have the ability to use social media, we have like, like so much connectivity, Mm -hmm. um, virtually it's a completely different thing. I mean, I just went through an entire audition process for a show that was completely online. I've never met any of them in person because they're British. So it, it was like a, you know, a completely different experience than was it than something. Was it like Zoom callbacks or yes? Oh, mm-hmm. and so which was just how did you do a that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How did you do that? Because I always have trouble with that. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was. Um, did you did you use your phone? Did you use your computer? I used my computer. Mm-hmm. I basically did what I do in terms of just like a self tape, which is like you know the ring light setup. Yes. Like I tried to have like a nice enough background, yeah. but the this show is such that it's like. Um, very conversational with the audience. So I chose not to do it um, with like a, just a blank um, background. I actually just did it right here Uh in my bedroom um, to make it feel more lived in and to make it feel more comfortable um, and to make myself feel more comfortable because I was like, I I want this to feel like a conversation. Um, But then they were also really um, helpful in sort of a direction way because they asked me to play directly to the camera lens uh-huh. as opposed to trying to, you know, put somebody in the oh, room with me. Right. Um, yeah, so that's the felt... tricky part on those Zoom auditions. Yeah. Because then I, I always wonder, should I be looking at my, sc- like the computer screen where it's the reader or should I be looking like right. somewhere near the camera? 
Mm-hmm. Yes. So that's like finding that balance. And I think it's going to be different for every audition. Yeah. And, you know, s- luckily we are in a place where like now it's like typically you put things on tape and then you're eventually seen in the room right. in person. Right. So you don't have to worry about that. But um, yeah. So just things like that, that I I, I love that you um, are so excited to talk about those things and, and teach. Yeah. People. Well, I had some really, really great role models you know, in like my first few shows, like Harvey Firestein, when we were doing Hairspray, he was like a <sighs> mom to all of us, honestly. Mm. And he, one thing I took from Harvey was that he always stood up for the ensemble. So he used his power, the power that mm. he had, not for himself, but to stand up if people were being rehearsed too much, if they were, you know, if we were doing Tony rehearsal all day long and then, you know, hardly even have a dinner, you know, if people are falling apart. He would use his voice to stand up for people. And I, so, you know, that was kind of my first big, big original show. And so I always thought, I wanna be like that. I wanna use whatever power I have to help others. And on that same note, I will say, like, you know, there's like controversy going on around equity right now. And I don't have any problem with equity at all. But if, even if I did, like, it's not for me at this point, you know? Right. It's for the people who don't have a voice. Yep. A hundred percent. And we can sit here and, and you know, have that perspective and totally agree. But we are also so privileged in the fact that we have already, you know, done things that we wanted to do. And we are the privilege of our whiteness. And, mm-hmm. you know, there are so many other layers, too, that like all of it, you know, it's just an interesting argument that like, we could <laughs> dive into forever, but um, right. But on the whole, switching. it's there just to give us, you know, a safe working environment, breaks, yes, yes, um, pay, you know, pay. yeah, absolutely, yeah. the ability to get into a, an audition room, right, just right, period, yeah, yeah, yeah. So switching gears a little bit, I was. Of course, you know, when I knew that I was going to talk to you, I was like, I have to know everything that I could possibly know about Miss <laughs> Karen Butler. Um, but in sort of looking at your history with with theater, I sort of realized that many of the shows and the roles that you have had a hand in creating have gone on to um, either be revived or to be um, recreated in different iterations. I mean, you were the original Penny in Hairspray, oh, and then yeah. that became a movie. You were, you know, in Catch Me If You Can, which was based on a movie, but then like what else? I mean, everything basically like Rock of Ages is a movie and oh, right. the, now mean it's the girls, Mean Girls right? movie. Yeah. So when you when you hear that there are um, projects coming up or, or revivals of things that you created, do you feel a sense of ownership over um, roles and shows that you were in? I don't know about ownership, but I think there is a sort of... Uh gratefulness or honor that I got to be the person to originate that role and and sort of a pride in a way. Um, You know, like Hairspray, I think is a great example because um, Penny, a lot of the stuff that's like that, that put into the script was stuff that I just did. And, you know, like I didn't know this, but my, my nieces went to the tour of, they saw me in Hairspray, right? Then they went to the mm-hmm. tour of Hairspray and they're like, oh my gosh, Penny on tour was so funny. You know, your family is sometimes, they're like, Penny, <laughs> she was doing like this puppet show under the black bottom. I'm like, I did that puppet show. I started that. Right. And so it's, it's, <laughs> but, but the cool thing is that they just let me do whatever I wanted. And then it got written mm-hmm. to the script and 
so something like that is just so exciting that I am forever a part of wherever it goes. Just my little, my little thing that I created is a part of the show. Um, yeah. And so I think that's really cool. And me and Marissa and Laura Bell are right now, we just created our own show, Mama, I'm a Big Girl Now, and we're touring with yes. it. Amazing. So we just had our first concert in Utah, and it was, it's been so much fun. So tell me about that show. Is it um, like all songs that you three have um, like sung in the past? Is it or is it like new, new well, stuff? Well, we are creating it. It's still a work in progress. I mean... But we're t trying to – we want it to be more even like a play than just a concert with stories going through it and Fun. a storyline. So it's been just – we feel so creative making it. And um, so it's, it's a mixture of everything. For our fans, we do try and hit like some of our greatest hits. You know? Of course. <laughs> but we weave them into a story. And um, we kind of try and give behind-the-scenes stories of Hairspray, our friendship. Uh, and and uh, we have like the greatest hits of Hairspray in there too, but a lot of other stuff too. Like Laura Bell, of course, does like an awesome Legally Blonde medley. So there's ah! that for the Legally Blonde fans. <laughs> the Mega Mix. Yes, the Mega Mix. <laughs> Incredible. <laughs> well, I would love to know too, like having such an extensive career and working with so, so many people, um, have there ever been people who have, you, you've been just like starstruck by or like oh intimidated by like walking into the room? Uh, always. Um, yes. Uh, well, <laughs> first of all, I mean, I'm obsessed with Bernadette Peters. And so I've, oh. I've never worked with her. Um, but I've done the Broadway bark, so I've met her before. She's always been super oh, nice. Oh, yeah. I'm going on the Broadway cruise in March, <gasps> and she's performing. So. Oh, my God. I'm dying. Oh, my God. I am, like, going to sit in the front row for that show. I was, I posted a thing, like, do you think me and Bernadette Peters could be best friends by the end of the cruise? <laughs> but, so that's my new goal. Um, she's going to be there, and, uh. It may be the first time I, like, have a real conversation with her in my dreams. That's what's going mm -hmm. to happen, but we'll see. <laughs> um, also, my other – my two, like, icons growing up – three, actually – were Bernadette Peters, uh, Patti Lapone, and uh, Bette Midler. Mm -hmm. So I, I also was in, I also was really intimidated when I've met, like, Patti Lapone. She's super, super nice to me. Um well, I've never worked with her either, though. Uh, but I did the show The Best Man. And yes. that was a play. My first. As Mabel. Yes. My first, like, play on Broadway. And the cast was James Earl Jones, Angela Lansbury, John Larroquette, Eric McCormick. Um, like. Like, every Candace Burry. I mean, the entire cast was huge stars michael mckeon <laughs> <laughs> yes. um so i mean humongous stars and me <laughs> and, so i was very intimidated i know i was very intimidated going into that one and i went in and like full out you know i had already done so much work because i was like if i'm with this group i have to you know really step it up so i did all this work beforehand later on james Earl jones i was like sitting in his dressing room one time he said to me he was like He's like, when I saw you in the room, I thought, oh, she's bringing it. I better step it up. <gasps> <Period>. <laughs> 
<laughs> That's insane. You inspired James Earl Jones to work harder. Well, maybe he was just being nice, but he did say it. <laughs> and it will live on forever. It will live on in, in my memory. Yes. <laughs> and on our podcast forever. Another cool thing about James Earl Jones, he had his script out for the entire run. And he was constantly making notes in it. He would constantly, he would go up to Eric like months into the run and be like, I just figured out this scene. And, you know. Oh my God. I love that though. I know. Because what a sign of a true actor. Like it's never done. You're never done learning and discovering. That's so cool. Right? My gosh, that would honestly make me nervous, though, to have my script open next to me at, <laughs> on my desk. Yeah. Like, did I mess yeah. that line up? <laughs> I had a, and I had a scene where I would come in but sitting between Angela Lansbury and Kansas Bergen. Angela Lansbury would just sit there and tell us stories about her childhood and things like that. Oh, that's insane. I know. I know. Dame Angela. Wow. Step into the world of power, loyalty. And luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, you guys. So in the next section of this episode, we had some slight technical difficulties. So please excuse the audio quality and have no fear. Carrie Butler is still here. Back to the interview. Obviously, like in talking about um, the best man, I'd love to know if there's a difference for you in because the best man being a play and being more of a um, like less of a glitz and glamour type of show versus something like uh, Beauty and the Beast or Les Mis, this huge giant thing. Like, how do you, is there a difference in the way you approach the work for um, a show that, you know, could be considered more of like a commercial big show versus something that's more pared down and more um, actor focused and and story driven? Um, <clears throat> I would say there is and there isn't. There isn't in that I will create a character biography for all my all my roles, you know, like probably 30 pages that uh, of backstory, things like that. Mm-hmm. I'll do the same work, breaking down the script, things like that for any kind of role I get. Um, but, you know, th- the main differences I would say are between like comedy and drama, just knowing the differences there. And also, so the difference between playing something that's a beloved movie and something that's completely original. Mm-hmm. And the difference is whether your part is, you know, etched in everyone's memory. So sure. so playing Belle, 
I'm not going to take a lot of chances with that. You know, I'm not, I'm not going to disappoint those children. Sure. I'm going to, I'm going to go into my bell voice and, oh, Gaston, you are positively primeval. And, or like doing Xanadu, I start out making it completely my own. So it comes from an authentic place inside of me. I don't watch the movies for the shows. Then I go back after I know how I'm connected to the show and to the part, then later on, I'll go back and watch the movie. So I watch the movie, you know, way into rehearsals. And then I, I, I look for things that I can pick out that will charm the audience or, you know, be um, Easter eggs in a way sure. for the audience to see. So like I noticed, say, Olivia Newton-John just doing her whispery voice so much so then I would do, you know, and just exaggerate <laughs> yeah. the things that from the movie that that people would like. Um, but it has to come from me first. Mm, I love that. I feel like there's always an element um, of that when, when you are approaching a, a show that's been done by either iconic people or, you know, that is based on something like that. Um, yeah, you don't want to do an impersonation. Totally, totally. But at the same time, there is that level of like, I have to honor right. what's already been done. I have to honor all of the things that have come before me, which I think too, we could look at something like the the new Mean Girls movie, which is like an adaptation of an adaptation. So we're like already like yes. layers deep. And it's so interesting to like, you kind of can't even have an opinion necessarily on like, or, or like there just kind of can't be a comparison because now we're like layers yeah. deep. Like we, there's no, there's no one iteration anymore. Now it's just like, this is this person's interpretation of it and like, let it be what it is. Yeah. You almost want it to be different at this point. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Carrie, I am just obsessed with you. You are such a treat. Before I let you go, I have a series of musical theater rapid fire questions that I ask every guest. Are you ready? Here we go. Sondheim or Andrew Lloyd Webber? Oh, God. I'm going to have to say Sondheim. Sweatpants or jeans? Jeans. Do you have a favorite musical? Yes. <laughs> you want to know it? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'd love to know it. Okay. I mean, I have many. Um, yes. But I'm going to I'm going to go with my first Broadway show, which was my first my, which was my favorite musical at the time. Blood Brothers. Ah, love. Uh, do you have a least favorite musical? No. <laughs> Are you a morning person or a night owl? Morning. Really? Yes. <laughs> So many theater people are like, couldn't possibly be morning. No, I, I go to bed as soon as my show is over. I like hit the pillow. <laughs> Nothing else is going on after my She's show. She's ready to greet <laughs> yeah, the day. If, if I'm like, it's an hour and a half show, and yes, I get to go to bed earlier. <laughs> uh, could you think of the craziest thing a director has ever asked you to do? Mm. Oh, my goodness. The thing that's... Whether it be in the audition room, the rehearsal room on the stage oh gosh i can't think of that many good examples the only one that's popping into my head right now is just um in little shop of horrors uh i got asked to have like one tear streaming down my face <laughs> at the end of somewhere that's green and i did it <laughs> and i 
did it. <laughs> as if as if we're we're in a, a tight close up. <laughs> um golden age or contemporary? Contemporary. Do you have a favorite role that you have ever played? Penny and hairspray. Oh, love. Uh coffee or tea? Tea. What is the hardest show that you have ever done? Is that a do? Just because I'm, <laughs> I'm or Rock of Ages, actually, but I'm such, um, I'm so uncoordinated. And we had to roller skate, obviously. Roller skate. In that show. Baby. And like, not just roller skate, but do tricks. And I also played three parts and had an accent. It was. I thought I was going to die, literally. And I almost and I yeah. almost got fired, seriously, because I was so, like, I couldn't do all the things together for a long time. <laughs> and then you were nominated for a Tony, so. Well, my last question for you, Miss Carey, mm -hmm. is a question that I ask every single guest, which is, what is one thing that you would tell baby Carey? Oh, my gosh, I asked my guest the same question. <laughs> Not phrased that way, but yes. And so I'm going to ask you the same question. Oh, uh, what would I tell my younger self? Okay, I know exactly. I would tell my younger self um, to stop worrying about what other people think. Mm. Uh, because the, as soon as I embraced the things I was most embarrassed of is when I started working. So as soon as I was able to laugh at myself for being such a nerd mm -hmm. instead of being embarrassed by it, that's when I found my comedy and what made me unique. So I think that's my main thing. As an actor, you can't be afraid of what other people oh, think. You have to just be fearless. Absolutely. But I was very afraid, I would say, for at least the first 10 years of mm -hmm. my career. Very afraid of what, and, and, you know, afraid to embarrass sure. myself. And yeah, you have to Absolutely. just get over that. I love that. Okay, so what what would you tell your younger self? Well, it's funny because I've asked so many people this on the podcast, and then I haven't ever really even considered what it would be. But I think, like for myself, um, I think it would probably have to do with um, gender identity and expression because, um, not just, you know, when I was, when I was a child, but even more recently in the last like eight years, I've been on such a, um, a journey of discovery in what it means to feel like a non-binary person. And, um, now more than ever, I feel so lucky to actually be, um, taken seriously in audition rooms that, I would never have been considered for uh, 10 years ago. Um, so I would say to my younger self that the feelings of confusion are okay. It's, it's a journey for everybody. You're not alone, even though it looks and feels like you are. Um, and then maybe even just to myself, five years ago, I would say, there's no reason to look at it as um, you are not one th enough of one thing to claim this experience. I think for a, a while, I I didn't um, feel like I was like quote unquote trans enough to claim the the sort of like title of non-binary or to like tick that box and, and say, yeah, I actually, I prefer they, them versus he, him, or like, 
she is like out of the question because of, I have a beard. So no one would ever take that seriously. And like, yeah, telling myself that's not, this is for you. It's not about uh-huh. other people and what, and what they need or what they think. That's what I would say. Good. Um, what about, do you have any advice for people, you know, kind of starting out in the business? Yeah, I would say, well, two things. I would say number one is uh, do what you think is best. There are going to be a million people um, telling you, well, I think that you should do this and I think you should do this. And you, people have a tendency to forget um, their own, their own opinion and, you know, honoring their own thoughts and ideas. So I would say, take things into consideration of course take take people's advice and and ask questions and learn but also know that you are born with what you have you you are given naturally an an yeah. intuition and a sense of self and you should trust it and then i would also say uh don't take it too seriously, which sounds so cliche. And maybe it sounds like flippant and, you know, just unimportant, but I am so, so guilty of the perfectionism and, you know, like riddled with anxiety and audition fatigue and all of it. And it's like, you have to have things outside of this that bring you joy. It is, it is my everything. Truly like theater is what I live and breathe. I absolutely love it. But if I, if it went away tomorrow, I have other things in my life that bring me joy and comfort and solace. And that's like, you you just can't take it too seriously. It it has to be something parallel that you can, Mm -hmm. you know, take a step back from if you need and still be able to survive. (laughs) I always give the same advice. I'm always like, have hobbies, have, yeah, because this business is too hard yes. to just, to just Absolutely. have your highs and lows be based on. <laughs> and I would say too, surround yourself. I mean, of course, we're so lucky in this business that what we do sort of creates families for us, yeah. whether it's like in one show or just like, you know, the same people that you run into every single week at auditions or whatever, you get to know people and and there's feels like a sort of like built-in support system. But I, I always encourage people, especially um, kids who are auditioning for um, theater programs to look at schools that um, will allow you to connect with people outside of the musical theater department, because it's Mm. so, so important. Like I, I went to the Hart school, which is a conservatory based program, but at the university of Hartford. So I was in classes with division one athletes and nursing majors and Mm. business majors and architects and having conversations with people outside of that safety bubble of musical theater was so important for me. That's yeah, that's really, really great advice, especially for creators, because you don't want to just have that one perspective. Totally, totally. And and I would say, too, like, ask ask around and talk to people who are in other BFA programs and, like, ask what you're doing and what, what, what you're studying. And, you know, like, yeah. it doesn't have to be your one training program that teaches you every single bit of what you know yeah. and what you do. Yeah. Um, I have one more question for you. And we yeah. don't have to put this one in if you don't have a good answer, but... <laughs> mm. Do you have uh, any like favorite theater companies or websites or things that you follow that you feel like 
are, would be really helpful for people starting out, like, you know, off, off, off Broadway theater community that accepts people to be readers or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, in terms of in terms of like working and like job opportunities. Yeah, yeah. Breaking in, breaking into the business. Yes, absolutely. I would say, uh, honestly, just just advocating for yourself in any way um, goes so much further than people think. And I, um, like, for example, I I have been a reader for many auditions. And that came from me cold emailing casting wow. companies, casting directors and their associates and just saying, hi, I'm an actor in the city. And if you need someone to be a reader, I would love to do it. And then you That's get to great. literally be behind the table. And so there are things like that that, you know, you might not. Who even, did you do it for? I, I've done it for um, what you can say casting um, mm -hmm. for like many of their, you know, like regional auditions for everywhere to a con and. and um, all their beautiful, amazing theaters. But um, yeah, I would say that. And then there are also things, um, there are so many up and coming uh, organizations that you can work for, like the Theater Advocacy Project. It's called TAP, T-A-P, Theater Advocacy Project. And um, they do amazing things um, to, obviously to, to advocate for um, better treatment and better wages and um, equity and diversity and inclusion in the workplace and, and all of those amazing things. Um, and I would say getting involved in something like that is a really nice way to feel uh, connected to the industry that you are trying to break into while still being able to actually support yourself <laughs> and um, pay your rent, baby, because that's what we're <laughs> that's what we're all doing. Yeah. 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 That's great. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that great advice. Of course. And thank you for just chatting with me. You are such a delight. I'm, I, of course, have heard nothing but amazing things about you, but I was so delighted when, uh, when you agreed to do the oh, podcast. Oh, so. thank you for thank having you. me. It was so great meeting you. I had so much fun. Yes, so much fun. You guys, that's it for another episode of Oh My Pod, you guys. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe anywhere you listen to the pod, and you can follow the show on Instagram at Oh My Pod, you guys. Thank you so much for listening. Talk soon. Bye. Oh my pod, oh my pod, you guys. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the Rise Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. Rise is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, full work limited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.